12 days of journos, yet another instance of journos holiday-themed content from Stephen Jackson and Brandon R. Reynolds. Hello? Hello. Oh, is this Stephen? This is Stephen. Is this Brandon? Yeah. Yeah, I knew it was you. Happy day six of the 12 days of journos. That's right. Day six, the halfway point, some say. It is the halfway point. So uh, have you thought much today, Brandon, about the various threats to this great nation, the United States? I appreciate you clarifying that it's the United States. Today? No, it has not been top of mind today. In the past, I certainly have, yes. Follow-up question. How afraid of ninjas are you? Ninjas? Yeah. If this were the 80s, I would say extremely to a ton. Less uh, less so now. Mm, Maybe you might want to revisit that carefree attitude towards these martial artists because back in October, a story that flew under the radar occurred in Kern County, California. In the cloak of darkness, uh, a man, quote, wearing full ninja garb attacked several members of a U.S. Armed Forces Special Operations Unit. And um, it really kind of brought the company to its knees. This occurred a little after 1 a.m. on September 18th of this year when a staff sergeant at this base was smoking a late-night cigarette near an airport hangar when suddenly a man wearing full ninja garb approached him with a single question. He asked, do you know who I am? The sergeant replied he did not. Follow-up question, do you know where my family is? The man continued. Uh, And then when the sergeant said he didn't know, he was attacked by the ninja with a sword. Uh, Cut him. Actually was injured. 911 calls the whole thing. Yeah, the report. This is the one where the report actually said, quote, they were hunkered down in a hangar wondering where help is. Yeah. This is the military. And and they're they're called the 160th SOAR. Their missions include using helicopters to insert Navy SEAL teams and other special operators. They train for night missions, and some of its operations take place under the cover of darkness or very early in the morning. So this really should have been their bread and butter. Right Uh, in their wheelhouse. Yeah, right in their wheelhouse. And again, nobody was uh, gravely injured, but folks were hurt, and the sheriffs tried to uh, take him down with some non-lethal rounds. Didn't work, and then he only dropped the sword after he was tased. The man was later identified as Gina Rivera, age 35. So, yeah, a ninja was out that night, apparently looking maybe for vengeance, searching for his family. It's worth pointing out, too, that there's no real evidence that he was a ninja. I mean, it's sort of like you walk like a duck, you talk like a duck, you're a duck. He was just dressed like a ninja, and then all the headlines ran with, ninja attacks military guys. I mean, you know, it's a sort of tongue-in-cheek, clickbaity thing. Still, the sub-headlines in this article that I'm reading right now from NPR they all referred to him as the ninja. And that exactly. seemed like a pretty quick ascent to that uh, degree of martial arts. I don't know. I no, mean, that's a level of expertise that they're just granting the guy. I mean, if I go in dressed like a soldier from the Confederate Army, they're not going to say transplanted Confederate soldier travels through time to attack. Or are they? I, I don't know. I mean, it, 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 apparently, if, if you really were pulling it off, you would, in fact, be that time traveler. It. Yeah, is what yeah. we're learning. I mean, gotcha. it takes a lot more to be a ninja than just dressing up like a ninja is what If I'm I saying. dress up like a bear, mm-hmm. are they going to say man dressed as bear? Or are they just going to say bear? Like, we don't know. Must have been a bear. 
Yeah, I think there's just a fascination, an enduring fascination with the ninja, and the media's quick to jump on the ninja drain. Yeah, for sure. And this was no exception. So this story got me thinking of just overall vulnerability, like the vulnerability that we are to attacks of all kind or attacks of rogue actors. In this case, it was a man dressed as a ninja who was able to attack the U.S. military. But the big story or one of the biggest stories about uh, a a security breach that occurred this past year was the hack on the Colonial Pipeline. If you remember this, this was back in May of 2021. So Colonial supplies a whole big chunk, I think the majority of gasoline to the southeastern United States. And they were hit by a ransomware attack where uh, the hacker group actually was able to hold the company for ransom to the tune of $90 million in Bitcoin. And it, it caused chaos. There was lines at the gas station, utter pandemonium. People were freaking out. And one part of this story that people may have missed was Colonial's initial excuse for shutting down the whole pipeline. So first off, they said that they needed to do it to sort of quarantine this threat. But really, it came to light that they would have had trouble properly billing people for gas uh, amidst this attack. So that was that's just a tiny bit of dishonesty on their part. But the larger thing that this attack brought to light was this idea of hackers and a new way they are operating. You may have heard that the group behind this attack was a group called Darkside. And Darkside is unique because they weren't really the people who were out to get Colonial. Darkside actually works as what's called ransomware as a service. So a, a client contacts Darkside in order to essentially rent out their ransomware software, and then they facilitate the attack, take a cut, and then the person who's really going after them you know, gets part of the spoils as well. So sort of Salesforce for thieves. Salesforce for thieves, exactly. Yeah. And um, it's it's crazy because I guess Silicon Valley is doing something right if now criminal organizations are uh, kind of modeling their enterprises after these well-known tech companies. Darkside actually has customer support. You can talk to somebody on the phone or you can talk to somebody in an, in an encrypted chat and they have ongoing customer success, which is a hallmark of these software as a service companies. And... It, it it sort of just brought to light how vulnerable we really are. Yeah, I think it is a way of redefining the idea of national threats. I mean, we continue to think that the threats are going to be terrorists bombing pipelines or somebody getting a hold of a atomic bomb and setting it off in a major city. The idea that Iran is always just a few months or a few years away from developing a nuclear weapon has been a headline for like 20 years now. And there's no real evidence that it's any closer. But we continue to hang on to that idea, right, that this is what threat looks like in the modern age. But really, it's a bunch of people getting in and messing with code. And now we see what that might look like if you think about what happened in Texas during the freeze. The entire grid shuts down. That was not terrorism. But if somebody had been able to hack that, that's the kind of thing it could look like. Or 
interfering with telecommunication satellites, like we talked about in a previous episode, that could also be a big problem. So the idea, I think, of war as this conventional thing where planes are shooting each other out of the sky or there are bombers bombing major cities or whatever it is, that doesn't really feel like the future in the same way as somebody getting there getting behind a console and punching some buttons and then, you know, the lights go off in Boston. Yeah, just like the overall ability of these hacks and these cyber attacks to create these real world serious problems to the social fabric, to our financial systems and to everything else that we hold dear, right? I mean, these this is it's crazy how effective these can be from afar, right? So in this way, we're kind of now entering a period where we are in a constant state of forever war, but it's cyber war, right? And if it's not governments that are acting as bad actors, it's um, rogue thieves or people with other political agendas who are able to attack private companies. And this is constantly going on right beneath our noses, but we don't really talk about it so much because it's not a building blowing up on the news. Right. That's the availability bias or the availability heuristic, which is the tendency we have to think about threats as things that are easy to imagine, that are things that are close to hand, whether or not there's any data to back that up. So like people are afraid of flying, even though it's safer than driving, or somebody goes outside and it's a really cold day when it should be warm. And the person says, aha, see, this proves global warming is not a real thing. So that idea of we imagine threat is this thing which in this case could be, again, terrorists, Al-Qaeda, whatever it is, nuclear bombs, when reality is that the bigger threats may be these things with these rogue actors. Or in the case of Darkseid, which is Russian-based, rogue actors that are allowed to operate in countries like Russia, which have no laws on the books to prosecute these guys so they can sort of operate with impunity, as long as they're not attacking Russian states. So you sort of have that weird public-private partnership of wrongdoing. Yeah. Availability bias. It happens all the time. For example, I'm much more afraid if I'm walking somewhere late at night, a crazy guy with a gun is going to mug me when what I should really be afraid of are ninjas. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the lesson of this year is um, people have a lot more time behind their computers because of the pandemic. Cyber threats are a bigger deal. Yep. And anybody can be a ninja. Anybody can be an ninja. The bar is extremely low, Stephen. It's extremely low. It's kind of, in a way, inspirational. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go get all black clothes. Next year, I know what I'm going to be for, uh, I don't know, every day of the year. Uh, What, a dark cloud? No, no, a bear. A bear. I'm going to be a bear. Oh. You were listening. No, I I was going to say ninja. Gotcha. Well, okay. All right. See you next time, Stephen. All right. See you next time. Bye.